We're preaching to Hollywood, to all these hedonistic Epicureans today on Table Talk Radio. Hey, stay tuned. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. <laughs> he said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. <laughs> and it's so, 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 so deserves to be crunched. I mean, mega crunched. So, uh, if you guys would put mega some mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. The next best thing to solitary confinement, this is Table Talk Radio, and we are ready for another show. Says ready who? To go. Says who? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> some people. Uh, so, we're going to do some preaching to Hollywood today, and we're going to do some... Reading of emails. Yeah, Carrie today. had a song that she wanted us to talk about, talk about. Ah, well, it's great. Well, you know, but if you're wondering how to get to the top of the list, all you got to do is marry Pastor Wolf. Be married to. <laughs> that's right. Or I suppose also you. Yeah, there's. I know. I, by but, the way, have been doing a lot of in-depth research on free music on the YouTube, and I found this great song. I'm going to play it for you in a little bit. It's the one that we should use as our bump. Don't worry. I think the way that we could just bump it is I'll play it on my computer and put my microphone to the speaker. It'll be great. It's coming along here. All right. Uh, something to look forward to. Um, we're going to do some buzzwords. And uh, what, what's your buzzword, Pastor Wolfman? My buzzword for you is cross defense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, uh, Cross Defense is the name of a weekly radio show on KFUO. It's also post- podcasted. It used to be an apologetic show. Now it's kind of a theological miscellany. <laughs> I recommend it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I have to host the thing now. Fisk was hosting it, and now somehow I was, I like substitute him for a couple of weeks, and now suddenly I'm the host of the thing. Apparently I have my own radio show. I didn't even know it. All right, my theological amazing. buzz phrase for you is once for all. Which is, <laughs> which is a uh, that's actually a better name. I a like that. daily show that is oftentimes a rerun for no particular reason whatsoever. Heard locally around the area of Rogue River. So if you're listening in Rogue River, be sure to tune in weekdays at seven a.m. on ninety four point three. All right, so that's uh, the weirdest buzz <laughs> words we've ever had. Hey, I found the song. Ready? Here it is. Can you hear that? Yeah, we got to do this song for our bump. Okay, it's called the funny song. That's one of my that's, that's hilarious. One of my favorite names for a song too. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, so we get some emails once in a while. So let's see. If yeah, we have let's any, do it. Have any good ones today? Oh, here's one that says, "Here's a new game. What is the Lutheran distinctive?" It says, "Dear pastors, I grew up in and left a fundamental church, and recently I've been hanging out with a lot of Calvinists. Interesting choice." They seem to be really stuck mm-hmm. on the idea of unconditional Where do you find the election. I want to find a. I signed up for a podcasters meetup group here in Denver. Mm-hmm. I wonder how I did that. I haven't actually been. 
I thought we should figure out how to do podcasting. Uh, but I wonder if you can do a Calvinist meetup group. Well, I wonder if that's how you find Cal- Well, if you I'm just find the meetup right? group for the for the bloggers, it's the same, actually exactly the same group. <laughs> uh, they seem to be really stuck on the idea of unconditional election and limited atonement, but since that seems like a horrible thing to believe, I've been researching other views, including <laughs> the Lutheran teaching. As I understand it, Lutherans teach that there are some— sorry. Uh, Lutherans teach that some are unconditionally elected, but others are left to their condemnation despite the fact that God desires them to be saved. So here's the question. If man's original sin prevents him from receiving faith apart from an efficacious work of the Spirit, and the Spirit does not efficaciously work in all men who hear the gospel, what is the functional difference between the two views? Don't both result in effective reprobation, even if one is through a positive act and the other through a negative act? And uh, that's from our listener in Texas, which city has been redacted for the sake of confidentiality. <laughs> there's, uh, By the way, there's no Calvinist m- meetups in Denver, but it does give me the suggestion, the top suggestion is the Boulder Cannabis Industry Meetup, the Cannabis Industry <laughs> Stewards of the Community. It's tonight at this 6.30. This is where you're most likely to cannabis find cannabis professionals going. <laughs> I don't know why it suggested that. <laughs> Who knows what kind of algorithm. This is a, the problem, okay, so the problem, this question is a good question. The Because it says, okay, don't you, so um, you Lutherans say that you're not Calvinist because you don't believe in double predestination because you don't believe that the damnation isn't, active act or that uh there's no election to perdition but isn't it the same if the only way you can have faith is god actively working and so that if god does not actively work it's a passive damnation and so don't you end up in the same spot and the answer is um the scriptures don't allow it the scriptures do not allow us to have a, a parallel picture of election there's a distinction that the Bible makes between the election of grace and the damnation of sinners, and, but it does not make sense. There's no way to get around it. So the question comes down to, why are some saved and not others? And we have three truths in the Scriptures that are taught. Number one, that God desires for everyone to be saved. Number two, that uh, that God elects those who are saved to be saved. Number three, that not everybody is saved. So the, So... The, the way that Pieper puts it forth, Francis Pieper, the Lutheran dogmatician, he says that there is, there's uh, universal grace, that's God desires everyone to be saved. There's, uh, there's grace alone, that is salvation and conversion is a monergistic act of God. And there is the doctrine of perdition or, or damnation that some are, are saved. And that those three things can simply do not fit together. Right. You can't do it. You can't make it make sense. So the, the two big departures from... Calvinism that a Lutheran would hold would well, there's probably more than two, but the two as it applies to this conversation uh, would be first of all universal atonement as as you just uh, made mention and we talked about quite extensively I think last week um, talking about that whole thing so that Christ, we we can unequivocally say that Christ uh, died for you and that is not a question of who you're talking to because he has died for everyone, and that's something that the Calvinists uh, cannot say. But the other thing, and this is probably what's not being spoken of in this um, in this uh, parallel here, is that uh, 
uh, the, the, the Lutheran would confess uh, resistible grace. And so while uh, Christ has died for all, we, uh, the, the, the problem that the Calvinist says, well, that person's not saved because God uh, does not want them to be saved, uh, which would you know, deny you know, that God desires all men to be saved and come to, come to the knowledge of the truth. But the reason that person isn't saved, we can confess from the Scriptures, is because of that person's own sin, because God allows himself to be resisted. Um, so so uh, Jesus says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you were not willing, or you would not have it. Uh, and so the Lord allows himself to be resisted. Now, of course, a person will come along and say, well, if we're all sinners, then why aren't we all resistors? And that's, again, that question that we cannot answer. The Scripture does not give us that answer. But at least we can say the reason someone um, is not saved is not because of God— and the reason someone is saved is not because of man's own will. So we want to keep the scriptures distinct and clear without trying to answer questions that the script, the scriptures themselves are silent on. I heard someone say this at one time, and I thought it was pretty good. They said, um, "They said, why are some saved? Answer God. Why are some damned? Answer man." And so, so that, um, so that we can't, you can't get any closer than that. But that is as close as you can get. And say that salvation is God's work, damnation is man's fault, and you can't—you you just can't get any closer to a, to a, to an answer than that. And in fact, we're, it's not just that we can't figure it out; it's that the Lord forbids it. He, in, this is the whole business of Romans chapter nine, ten, and eleven, where the Lord talks about the doctrine of election and warns us strictly not to wander too far into things that we cannot understand. Mm. Yep. So, does that answer the question? <laughs> <laughs> it answers the question by saying that there is no answer to the question that, that that the Calvinist wants to say, hey, it must be all God. The Arminian or whoever else, the revivalized Calvinist, the Baptists want to say it must be the difference must be in man. And we just say, hey, we can't you, you cannot you cannot use what the Holy Scripture asserts to deny something else that the Holy Scripture asserts. And so we're stuck simply believing what it says without being able to make sense of it. And and there's this paradox. How much time do we have to talk about this? About a minute. There's a paradox because we think, I don't know why it is, but we think that there's a comfort in knowing why, so we always want to know why. But the Scriptures tell us that there's comfort in, that the Lord is going to give us comfort in his promises, not in his reasons. So that we'll never understand mm. this, but we will be able to be comforted in it. And if we d if we do press it to the point that we understand it, then we lose all comfort. There ends up being no comfort in Calvinist doctrine, in Arminian doctrine, um, or, or, or in the Catholic doctrine, only in the scriptural doctrine that the Lutherans confess. All right. Well, that's a great question. If you have a question for us, send it to questions at tabletalkradio.org questions at tabletalkradio.org. We also will take those on our voice. Man, try to make them easier <laughs> next time. That was hard. Yeah, we don't want to work too that much. That question was hard. 1-800-385-SOLA is the toll-free number to leave a voicemail. 1-800-385-7652 is the number. I actually have that number memorized. How about you? Really? Nope. Nope. No. I, don't, I, have the, I don't even know the first three. <laughs> one right. eight. That's well, where I get when we get back from this break, one, we're going to be eight, doing eight. some preaching to Hollywood. One zero, one eight seven. Ariana Grande. Is what is first? it? We'll be right back. Stay tuned. One eight four. One eight two. At least you're dialing a one. Friends don't let <laughs> friends listen to Table Talk Radio. Uh, 
You have no friends. I'm taking some old Luther stuff, pulling it out of the collections and publishing it. You can download it for free or buy them for five bucks. Find it, the Everyone's Luther, at wolfmuller.co. Click on the books at the top of the page. We're back, by the way. For those of you, you think that do you think that I wouldn't be making that sound if uh, you think that I've got shame? How long have we been doing this? Do you think that I've got shame? I need. Don't worry, I'm looking for new songs. You need one of those earpieces. That where like the producer can talk to you, so that I can just talk to you. It's like, we're we're on. Come on, come come back. We're on. Anyway, all right. So I've got my own soundtrack over here. By the way, could I just put it in the back? You know, this <laughs> back, background music. <laughs> if yeah, we, listen, gonna... we can't do that because if if we have background music during the show, people are going to want us to start being quieter so they can start listening to the background music. <laughs> So. Yeah, quiet down so I can listen to the funny song. <laughs> All right, so Which is actually the way called the funny song. Preaching to Hollywood works is that we look at a song's Ooh, man. lyrics. Background music to Preaching to Hollywood. And that's going to be a little tricky. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that'll go away pretty Don't worry, soon. watch this. I'm going to fade this out. My I'm very technical here. Very, very smooth. Yeah. Did you hear that? That was like oh, that yeah. wasn't a fade out. That was like a switch turned off. Anyway, that's okay. No, no, I faded out. Here, listen again. Uh, let me fade in. Now watch me fade out. <laughs> that was really good. You should be That's a DJ bad. sometime. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the way we preaching okay. to Hollywood works okay. is we look at lyrics of a song, and we say, how do we talk to the person who's writing this? And the first one for our consideration comes from, uh, is it Kilgal? Is that who sent that one to us? Kilgo, Sean, who listens to the program every time we mention his name. How does he know when we mention it or not? I bet you he has a search. He searches our RSS feed for his name. Yeah, yeah, that's how and it works. And then, and then he makes his youth. He makes his youth listen to the program whenever he's mentioned. And, but he doesn't tell him that during his doing. sermon. So, <laughs> <laughs> All the kids got headphones. They, they, in. Said, they were driving to higher things. They told me they were driving to higher things, listening to Table Talk Radio, and they were like, "It's so weird." Every episode, you guys mention Pastor Kilgore. <laughs> well, not to disappoint any of the youth. Strange, in his strange. Is Here's what a, a little bit. Now, this this one has this uh, segment has a content warning. I think doesn't it? I think well, Pastor Kilgore said this is the most blasphemous thing he's ever heard. Okay, so maybe not for the what, youngest. What's the song called again? The uh, God is a Woman by Ariana Grande. Um, so maybe not for the youngest of Table Talk Radio listeners. Can we do that? Yeah. Uh, pro- uh, let me see. I'm looking here to see if we've got. Yeah, probably not. Okay. So just boy, oh boy. Just um, maybe try a little bit later. Parental discretion. Yeah, tune back. Anyway. Here it is. Here's a song from Ariana Grande, which is playing on radio stations. For an excuse to skip. And the the children rejoice. (laughs) Can't they do that at the beginning of the show? (laughs) Why do we have to listen to to this much so far? All right, here's the song.
Oh boy. All right. I should have had your buzzword be yuh. Y-U-H. Yuh. That's a word I don't know until I heard this song. And I can be all the things you told me not to be. Yuh. (laughs) When you try to come for me, I keep on flourishing. Yuh. Yuh. (laughs) And, And he sees the universe when I'm in company. It's all in me. Yuh. Okay. All right. So where do you start with this one? Look at this. Look at how about this one? I'll tell you all the things you should know. So, baby, take my hand, save your soul. We can make it last. Take it slow. Hmm. Okay. So, I most blasphemous is probably pretty accurate. <laughs> my one. When all is said and done, you'll believe God is a woman, and I. I feel it after midnight. A feeling that you can't fight. My one. It lingers when you're done. You'll believe God is a woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. Well, this is yeah. It says here yeah. Oh, uh. Do you think it's yeah? Sometimes I'm sure, I'm sure yeah, that's a typo. Yeah. I'm sure it's yeah. 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 <laughs> I think what's going on here is this Ariana Grande is the seductress. She is the mistress now who is laying down with some dude, presumably a fellow. I don't know. I guess it's an option these days. And, and now they are going to engage in what we might call with chastity the act of marriage. I think that's what's happening. And <laughs> so amazed... Will the fellow be that he's going to now have a new god, and it will be a goddess, the one who fulfills all of his desires, and that is a woman. I think that's uh, how to exegete this hymn, would you say? (laughs) I guess so. Uh, (laughs) um, It is rather interesting that when we see the false gods of like um, the, uh, the Canaanites, for example, there's this connection between like uh, temple worship and prostitution, you know? Um, and so that there's this connection between um, the goddesses and um, sexuality. And we haven't grown away from that, apparently, at all, because it's still alive and well in our culture, as seen in songs like this one from Ariana Grande. Are you calling Ariana Grande a temple prostitute? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> If the shoe fits, I guess. <laughs> there was I was reading something about how in Corinth, you know Corinth, the city? Yeah, I've heard Corinth? of it before. That they had the temple to I think it was Aphrodite. It's always Aphrodite. Or maybe it wasn't. I don't know. They had a temple some temple up there on top of the hill, the Acro Corinth. It's destroyed now, but they had a temple up there that had at one time over one thousand temple prostitutes in employment there and so Mm. all the sailors would go they like to come to the isthmus of corinth because they'd pull their boats across there the slaves would pull the boats while the sailors would go up and visit the temple Mm. and worship there is a there this connection though to prostitution and to temple worship is a strong pagan connection it's baal worship had it molech had it it was always so it's it's like the demons were trying to figure out if they wanted to be worshipped by murder or by adultery. And half the time they chose murder. You'd kill people, offer sacrifices, uh, kill your babies or whatever. That's like the Molech. You'd put the babies in the arms. Or they would then choose adultery. You could worship us by breaking the Sixth Commandment. But that's what you get when you have your God as a demon. Remember, Paul preaches this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that the behind all of the pagan altars stands a demon. And that that was Old Testament preaching. That's in Deuteronomy somewhere, too. I'm going to look that up. 
Well, I mean, it's it's interesting to me because I mean, it's obvious that our culture is obsessed with sexuality and all this, um, but it seems like a, a group of people, a society, a culture could be just off obsessed with it, and that could just be off by itself. But there, in other words, it doesn't necessarily have to follow that that would be a connection to any kind of divinity. But here he is. Ariana Grande, who I don't know if she actually wrote this song or if she had a songwriter do it for her. And I don't know Ariana's background, if she has any religious upbringing, or if the songwriter who wrote this has any religious upbringing. But isn't it interesting that when um, this song at least sets out to talk about the, the, the pleasure of sex, then it connects it then to a notion of God. And so that uh, the height of pleasure is to uh, worship a divinity of some sort. Now, I think that's an interesting connection that's coming from our culture, from our world, and we've seen that connection throughout antiquity. Um, pretty interesting. Mm. Here, it's Deuteronomy thirty-two seventeen. They sacrificed to demons, not to gods, to gods they didn't know, to new gods, new arrivals, your fathers didn't fear. And that is reflected in 1 Corinthians ten twenty. The things with the which the Gentiles sacrificed, they sacrificed to demons and not to God. I don't want you to have fellowship with demons. Now this, there is something here also, the thing that we have identified as Epicureanism, but there's a, this is a particular kind of hedonistic Epicureanism. Remember Epicurus, the original Epicurean? Opposed to the, that's with the real Epicurus, please stand up. That's what Epicurus wore a shirt and it said, I am the original I, Epicurean. I am Epicurus. <laughs> I am Epicurus. It was this guy, I think it was the poet Lucretus, who came like 120 years after Epicurus, who really pushed Epicurus into a kind of hedonism. Epicurus was more moderate because... He was trying to avoid pain. He didn't, so he didn't overeat, and he was he, he was, was anti-suffering. He was right? abstinent. He was anti-suffering. The hedonists are pro-pleasure, and that's a difference. And we are the pro-pleasure kind of uh, hedonistic Epicureans these days, so that the height of uh, the height of our wor- uh, work, the height of our enjoyment, the height of our, everything that we're doing is to be is to engage in pleasure. It's probably why people, so many people listen to Tim Talk Radio. <laughs> why? Because they're not Epicureans or hedonists? Because <laughs> now this is uh, so that someone who, who gives you, who, who fulfills your, who makes you, who gives you pleasure, that becomes now your God. Mm. And that, I think, is probably true. That's how most people, that's what most people worship. They worship at the altar of pleasure. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break right there. And then when we get back, we can maybe talk about this a bit more. And we have uh, Carrie's pick for preaching to Hollywood. We'll see what that is. Stay tuned. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Dr. Carl Fikentia, professor at Concordia Theological Seminary. Even though you have no one to blame but yourself, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you can find at worldvieweverlasting.com.
about scraping the bottom of the barrel of cultural entertainment to bring a little theological discernment here. And we get to listen to Pastor Wolf Miller about now, 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 which is why you're all really here. Can we just have like an hour of now, 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 now. doing that? Oh, yeah. That would Brown, be now, 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 now. Anyway, so we're talking about this song, Brown, God now, is now, a now. Woman by song's Ariana slightly Grande. Repetitive. Um, this song is really bad. So we, we were talking about how the apparent assumption is is that what God exists for, whatever your notion of God is, the the purpose God, God's purpose, his existence is to bring you pleasure, and that uh, is seen in this song. And I think you're right. I think that's the pretty mm, pervasive way. So what? How do you think it is then when people uh, hear the Christian teaching where Jesus comes along and guarantees that you'll suffer? I mean, he promises that that being a Christian is to suffer in this world. They reject you because they first rejected me. Uh, I mean, that's the exact opposite notion than what people already think about God. Yeah, I suppose people say not a fan. <laughs> Hashtag not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. All right, anything else about the not song? Not a fan. You want, you want I, I mean, I really think that's would, it. How you would uh, start a conversation with this? You probably should not be alone in the room with Mariana <laughs> That's the first step. Bring a friend. <laughs> boy, oh boy. There is a way. I don't know. There's. There, ah, oof, I mean, I, I played this song off of YouTube, and this has 91.8 million views. It's hmm. a lot. I wonder how much my favorite song called Say Something has on YouTube. <laughs> you know that Justin Timberlake song? It's my favorite. I'm a little bit embarrassed that it's my favorite song, but it is. Yeah. So here I'm just admitting it. Aha, look. My Justin Timberlake song has 246 million views. Wow. So that's good. That's that a makes lot me of happy. views. That's Remember that one time views. I was trying to have more friends than, uh, what's that guy? Kirk Cameron. Oh, yeah, Kirk Cameron. We gave up. Well, Justin Timberlake is to Ariana Grande what Kirk Cameron is to me, which makes me happy. <laughs> That's good, I guess. All right. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, just, at some point, we've got to say that there's there's beauty and chastity. That's I mean that the, the but the Christian teaching about intimacy and marriage is so profoundly skewed to the world's view that you don't even really know where to start. Just maybe this. That the end of the Christian view of the act of marriage is children. That's the telos of the thing. Whereas the world's view is that the end is um, mm. uh, an ecstatic experience. Right. Let the reader understand. Children would be and, a uh, unfortunate consequence. Yeah. What you're trying to avoid in the whole thing. Oh, it's just we are so pagan. So pagan. It's 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 not even on the same page. Mm -hmm. This beautiful picture of marriage and chastity and family that the Bible puts before us is so wonderful and good and enduring and long lasting and 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 wonderful and pleasurable. And the world has replaced it with something uh, with just a cheap counterfeit. And and we now get to be called prudes or whatever we are called. I don't know. Even though it's terrible. Since you're kind of um, producing YouTube material now, how many of your videos have 91 million views? Well, one of them is close. Let me just check here. I'll give you my statistics. 
We might have 91 views. Page. Wolf Mueller 1. Um, here's one that's got 423 views. Hey, that's pretty you good. You are on your way, sir. <laughs> All right, we've got another song here. This one is called uh, Most Girls by Haley Seinfeld. and this just is just rubbing it in or what? What am I supposed to think about? A little bit. Uh, here's the next one. <laughs> Like your What's this one music. Most girls. That's where it gets rather repetitive. Uh, all right, so I want to be like most girls, this song says. And uh, the big line in there that uh, I think uh, caught your attention, Pastor Wolfmother, is, but it's okay if you want to change the body you came in. This is this is a song about um, plastic surgery, I think, right? Because <laughs> you look greatest when you feel like a damn queen, is what it says. Okay. We are such pagans. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Like, I all of a sudden last week became an old man. Yes. You know, the old man, it's like, what happened? The world is just not like it used to be. Boy, in my be great day. Great in the 50s. <laughs> yeah, that's my, back in my day. People didn't have surgery to, to remove their man parts. <laughs> Back don't, in my when I was your age. Don't mention Ariana Grande on my dad. He'll go off. <laughs> most girls. Some girls. Most girls. All girls? No. Just some and most. What's the difference between some girls feel best in their tiny, tiny dresses? Some girls, nothing but sweatpants, looking like a princess. Is that what princesses wear? Oh, yeah. The gray Some ones girls kiss string. new lips every single night. Did you hear that? I heard that, too. Yeah. Flu that's the floozies. But this, is the, this, is, this is the best In my line. day, when I was your age, when it, <laughs> the floozies. <laughs> but, so right after that, then, after the dresses, kissing new lips every night, is they're staying out late because they are they, uh, just celebrating life. Uh, now that goes to your hedonistic uh, paganism that you were talking about earlier. That uh, so so to celebrate life is to go out to the clubs and kiss new lips and you know feel pretty or whatever it is. Um, that that's what celebrating life is. Apparently, yeah. Look at this: just sleeping in late because they're just celebrating life. <laughs> that comes later. <laughs> yeah, right. Every day, search and keep the page turning. It's okay if you want to change the body that you came in. I don't know. So this could be a plastic surgery sort of thing. This could be a tattoo sort of thing. This could be a transgender sort of thing. 
But here, okay, so here's the basic, the basic theological thing that sits behind all of those things, and that is the the famous Gnosticism. Remember the Gnosticism? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how you're so instantly annoyed by me saying Gnosticism. You know, I've kind of grown callous. I, I just, just... <laughs> Go ahead. So, by the way, if you're ever talking to anyone else, you should probably say Gnosticism so you don't sound like a moron like me. <laughs> We should probably you you should probably warn people whenever I pronounce something stupid on purpose, so, so that I they're like, like, "Hey, have you guys heard I about the Gnosticism?" Entire life tattoo? is warn people about you. That's that's, that's <laughs> like a full time job in of itself. So, so the Gnostics said basically that matter is bad and spirit is good, and that is the basic tenet of our flesh. It's the basic worldview of our sinful flesh, and also it is what is driving the whole sexual revolution now so that you have the transgender thing which says that they're okay so here's the basic transgender problem right let's just pretend like your 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 body is going to say something about your identity like i'm a dude and your mind or whatever the inside of you is going to say something else about your gender like i'm a lady and so now you have two different preachings. You have the preaching of the body and the preaching of the mind. Now, probably it's not that clear. The mind preaches something like, I'm gender fluid or whatever. Who knows? But, but, but the point is that you have a basic and fundamental contradiction between your imagination of your, 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 uh, your internal identification of yourself and your external identification of yourself. Right? You're with me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now you have to say if you if and this is I think it can be a true thing and I think this is going to be more and more true as the world becomes more chaotic and disordered that there'll be a that people will will have to wrestle with this internal conflict between the preaching of your body and the preaching of your whatever soul uh it, it's going to be p- part of the the uh, the fall that becomes amplified in our day of sexual revolution. So so now you have a question. Well, which one am I going to listen to? My body preaches that I'm a dude. My internal identity preaches that I'm a lady. Which one am I going to trust? And if you're a Gnostic, it's not even a question, right? Mm-hmm. The Gnostic says your body, is your, the material part of you is the bad part of you, and the internal part is the true and the good. So if the internal part says that I'm a lady and the external part says that I'm a dude, I have to I have to reject the preaching of my body. And in fact, I can reject it with such violence that I can bring about a uh I could I could take a knife to things to make to to put my body in subjection to what my internal truth is. That's that's like gnosticism at its at its pinnacle of of domineering triumph hmm i want to take that up after this break i want to push that a little bit uh if you have a song for us to run through pre- uh, preaching to hollywood send us it in to questions i can't talk questions at tabletalkradio.org we'll be right back on table talk radio best show ever Table Talk Radio. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. 
Right. Okay, we're back. Table Talk Radio. We're talking about this song from a Haley Seinfeld, Most Girls. And you were talking before the break, Pastor Wolfmuller, about this kind of Gnostic idea where the immaterial is what's good, the material is what's bad. So if if uh, a person thinks that they're, you know, a, a man trapped in a woman's body or vice versa, then the, uh, the, the favor goes to the immaterial because, after all, we're all Gnostics. And my only question yeah. was... Um, where where does that notion come from? We we talk a lot about how the acceptance or the thought of evolution has has taken place in our in our thinking, and so we basically think that we're animals. Um, but that doesn't actually explain it because the evolutionary idea wouldn't even give. Um, it, it would be more of a question of uh, evolutionary progress. So how how are, how would be we be bettering ourselves? By denying the physical, uh, or do you think that there's another backdrop, another uh, something pushing this thought into our minds? You would think that evolution would be because evolution is just materialistic. It's just we're just a bunch of complex atoms bouncing off of each other in really amazing ways. And you would think then that evolution, for example, you would think that evolution would be against. Mm, well, for example, evolution would be against transgenderism because you're making yourself if you undergo the surgery the transitioning process you make yourself infertile and it seems like evolution will be about Mm -hmm. being fertile but evolution has passed beyond that and there's a way that that the the driving force of evolution which is which is uh which is strength and uh power uh, so progress through power demonstrating its own strength is brought now to this idea of Gnosticism. So I'm going to demonstrate my own power even over the process of evolution. I read this article, stunning, but it was back from the 80s, and it was about how we have to be abortionists so that we can rid ourselves from the tyranny of evolution. So that now we've evolved to the point to where we can even overcome the, the insistence on being natural that evolution would bring to us. And it's the... It's like the next step of evolution. It's really quite something. And and I wish I could articulate it better in 10 years. Graf has his head around this, and so we maybe can ask him to talk about it. Or we did a little bit on that table scraps when we talked about evolution and Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. So people can go back and search for that and, and listen to how he articulated it. But it does, you're right, it seems like a contradiction, but it pushes through and it ends up being um, kind of frightfully consistent. Yeah. All right, well, I want to get to our next one because we're going to squeeze one more in before the end of the show. And this one comes from Dave in Las Vegas. It says, hey, guys, here's an interesting song to consider as a critique of our culture. I recommend you use this clean version. I think I found the right one. So here's a song. It's Lily Allen. Is he from New Zealand, you said? No, no, no. New Zealand? Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Hi, guys. Here's an interesting song to consider as a critique to our culture. Dave in Las Vegas, New Zealand. (laughs) That was the other email that we did. Cheers. Anyway, uh, here's a song. Dave in Las Vegas. Lily Allen by, uh, sorry, the song. Thanks, Dave, for the email.
Interesting. All right, so I think very interesting. This is. Uh, I, do you think that this song itself is a critique of the culture? I think so. I think there's some irony in here. Yeah. I don't know what's right and what's real anymore. I don't know how I'm meant to feel anymore. Because when do you think it'll all become clear? Because I'm being taken over by the fear. Hmm. The fear. Life's about film stars and less about mothers. Whew. It's all about five star and passing each other. It doesn't matter because I'm packing plastic. Hmm. That's what makes my life so fantastic. I'm a weapon of mass consumption. And it's not my fault how I'm programmed to function. I'll look at the sun. I'll look in the mirror. I'm right on track. I'm, here's the Luther quote. Uh, forget about guns and forget a new mission because I'm killing them on my own little mission. Now, I'm not a saint, but I'm not a sinner. Now, everything is cool as long as I'm getting thinner. So I think this song is criticizing sort of the um, the shallow nature of, say, Hollywood or fame and fortune. So, um, you know... I hope so. The, <laughs> yeah, I don't... Th- I mean, I wouldn't think that this songwriter is putting this forward as... Uh, uh, but But isn't it interesting that out of the entertainment industry itself would be a critique of the entertainment industry. I mean, it's kind of like, um, this is probably a whole can of worms, but when the hashtag me too thing was really blowing up and then there was the, the Emmys in which, or I don't know what all the, uh, was it the Oscars where they're all wearing black to kind of lament how Hollywood has been putting up with this. But, uh, that, that, that the, those in the entertainment industry, control the ability to do something about it and just wearing black isn't actually doing anything about it i mean it's it's mm-hmm. uh refusing to enter the industry uh if i'm gonna have to do degrading things to get there <laughs> you know but but everybody yeah. wants everybody wants to get there you know everybody wants to be famous it's, everybody yes. wants to be on the silver screen right it's posturing that's right i in fact i don't think that you and i really have grounds to stand and critique this because we're you know we're famous <laughs> yeah I'll say fame in- infamous. <laughs> this is a, yeah, so. This song it becomes an Epicurean attack from the heart of Epicureanism. <laughs> it is there is. Remember how my favorite Bible passage now is Revelation seventeen, Why which starts that? the beginning is the beast, the prostitute riding in on the back of the beast, and they're coming to attack the church. And by the end of the chapter, the beast is devouring the prostitute. <laughs> She's great. So the church stands, and all the enemies of the church will end up devouring each other. And there's a classic fight between Stoicism and Epicureanism, and they they go back and forth. So our culture is marked, has been for the last 150 years, by Epicureanism, but we are seeing the great rise of Stoicism, and now we get to watch those two things duke it out. Epicureanism, which says that 
pleasure is good. Stoicism says that pain is good. Neither one of them say that Christ is good. That's the problem. Jesus is off there standing to the side saying, hey, I can make your pleasure and your pain all good because I've died for you so that you don't have to suffer God's wrath. And that's what the church says. We always have something to say to the Epicureans and to the Stoics. I think this is probably a uh, a critique which we always see. For, and I think your Me Too movement is is right on. It's a critique of the lightness of the culture from from the culture creators. And it doesn't, you know, we might be able to take it a little more seriously if there was ever anything behind it, but I'm not sure there ever is. I mean, it's the same irony where you have, I mean, the sexual revolution saying, look, um, uh, you should pursue all pleasures and have fun. And then all of a sudden we're having all this hashtag me too stuff. Like, wait a minute. And then you remember like a, two years ago, everybody was making fun of Mike Pence for being such a prude. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so he doesn't even go out to dinner with uh, another woman unless, you know, some other, some other people there. And like, everybody's like, Oh, what? I mean, where is he? What's he living in the 1960s? Grow up. And now you have all the hashtag me too. It's like, well, I mean, which is it? Are we to have some discretion and say, look, uh, this isn't an appropriate environment for a married man to be in? Uh, or are we to just let our our pleasures dictate our actions? But they 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 want their cake and eat it too. The culture says pursue the pleasures, but not that pleasure, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, it, and, but see, the thing is, it's, it's all destructive. It, uh, I mean, especially when it comes to to pleasure, there's a destru- there, there's an emptiness to the life of the pursuit of pleasure, which Solomon knew. He wrote about it in in Ecclesiastes because it's a it's a devouring where there's no end. It's like the stomach and the eyes and the sea. It devours and it devours and it devours and it's never full. And so there's no satisfaction in pursuing these sorts of pleasures, and um, at some point, you, you get to that point. You, you, you recognize it. And this song seems to be a, a, a testament to that. I, I'm, uh, what, what, is the fe- what is the fear? Is that I've consumed and I've consumed and I've consumed and I've been consumed. I've been consumed and I've been consumed. And there's no satisfaction. This is how I want, I want to write this article called uh, Consumed and Consuming, a modern anthropology that says that, that the world looks at us and it sees us on the outside as consumers and on the inside as being consumed. We're the victims of someone or something. And this is how we're defined by the world. We're consuming and we're consumed. But there's never any satisfaction in it. It always comes up empty uh, and um, and vacuous. It's a wind. It's, a, it's the puff of a wind it, and it's gone. Yeah, indeed. Well, that's going to be all the time we have for this edition of what? Table. Yeah, I know. We had four segments already. So thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the joy of life you get from being a hedonistic Epicurean. <laughs> thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your vaccine, a uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.